Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. This HBC podcast will be uploaded online and available every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. All HBC podcasts can be found on Spotify or Facebook under Hillside Baptist Chapel. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our podcast again today, and I'm going to be speaking this morning on the subject of what Christ does with failure from John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. Actually, we're going to be going to other verses of Scripture as well, but uh, that's our text. And uh, I want to recognize some of our people here today. We're thankful that Bob and Evie and Meredith are here in our congregation today. I know you're at home in our congregation, but you're, for me, you're here. I'm seeing you. You're out there. Dale Wimberly. Thank you for being here, Dale. We're so glad that you're able to attend our services and be with us each time. Frank and Penny and Devin, they're so faithful. They're here all the time, aren't they? Dan, Pam, Christian, Bloomquist, you're here all the time too. Thank you for being here. And Katie Speck, she's a new one. You don't recognize that name, do you? Well, we do. When I say we, I mean me and Wanda. She has graced our home many times over the past few weeks as she has given Wanda her shots, and she's been so faithful. We met her the very first day of the lockdown as we tried to have, or we were here to have services that day, and we did the podcast, and Katie came up to try to get in and try to worship with us. And uh, uh, I know she's been very faithful since then. And uh, thank you, Katie. Thank you for being here today in our podcast. Well, today as we go through our worship service, it's my prayer that everyone will be able to truly worship and we'll be able to honor our Lord and our Savior. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege of being in your house, being able to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, if there are needs in the lives of those that are listening to our podcast today, I pray that you touch those individuals, help them to know that you can help. And I pray that this message might be an encouragement to them if they're going through failure or if there are problems in their lives, whatever it might be. And we know that you're ever able to take care of every need we have. Thank you for being our great God. Thank you for being with us here this morning. And I pray your blessings on each one. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, our first song today is Days of Elijah. Join with us as we sing this uplifting song.
Okay, right now we're going to recognize Frank is going to give us an update on our prayer concerns this morning. And uh, uh, as he gives this update and leads us in prayer, I encourage you to remember each of these individuals that we have on our uh, prayer list. He's not going to read all of them this morning, but he's going to give you some updates. And uh, you have a list of all of them as the podcast is sent out. You have all the individuals that are listed on our prayer concerns. And um, I encourage you to print those off and read them together with your family. And think about the needs that we have in our congregation. Frank? Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everyone. Uh, there's a couple new concerns we have. We have a Wanda Armstrong which is actually Pastor's sister. She fell down, and uh, I think she broke her hip, I believe. And uh, she has a pin in it that's went through that, but there still needs to be prayer there because, um, you know, that's, that's a painful operation, and, and it's a painful recovery. So, And we also have another Wanda, which is Pastor's wife. The knee's popping. Uh, it's not really hurting her, but when she's doing exercises, there's a loud pop. And uh, yeah, we need to, uh, she's gonna find out what's going on with that. And, but yeah, she's doing better and the blood work seems to be a lot better too uh, with her white blood count and everything. So that, that's good. And uh, let's see, we have Sandy's grandson, uh, Connor Campbell. I don't know if he's in the hospital for his pneumonia. If he did, he's already there and hopefully out. I need an update on that. Uh, we're praying for him. And uh, again, we have our own Levi with the health issues. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Levi, if you're out there listening, uh, give us a holler. Again, we have a new prayer email. It's hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Please uh, address your concerns with that. And I look at it a couple times a day and I'd like to get this updated if possible. There's a lot of things on here which may or may not be relevant at this time. It's a lot of older stuff. And uh, we have been printing it off, me and Penny, and uh, we read it off, and we don't get all of them, but uh, yeah, we get quite a bit, and uh, yeah, it, it feels good to, to do what, whatever we can do. So I'll go in prayer, and then uh, I'll give it back to Pastor. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, oh Father. We thank you for your many blessings, oh Lord. I pray that we can truly trust you during this time, O oh Father. And again, I pray for the pandemic, O oh Lord. I pray that it's, it's over quickly, O oh Lord. So give us that grace, O oh Father, to, to truly trust and love you, O oh Father. I pray that you hear with us on this podcast. I pray you give the words, O oh Father. I pray you open hearts and open ears, O oh Lord, to everybody listening, O oh Father. And I just pray for a blessed time, O oh Father. And I just thank you again for your loving kindness, O oh Lord. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate the updates and um, uh, what all is going on with our uh, congregation. And I know you're taking these prayer concerns seriously and you're praying for these. And um, this morning as we continue to worship, let's sing Hosanna in the Highest. And then after that, we'll sing, As the Deer. I usually say, As the Deer painteth after the water, but <laughs> that really, it, it's listed as, As the Deer. And I think you know both of these songs, so uh, let's worship together as we sing.
Okay, thank you for our songs this morning. I hope that you have been able to enjoy those and worship with them. Our scripture reading today is taken from John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. So turn there with us as we have this reading. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Thank you for our scripture reading today. And uh, uh, I'm going to start out a little bit differently this morning, something that I usually don't do. I'm going to start with a poem. 
The name of the poem is, And God Said If. And God Said If. Listen to this, if you will. I believe it will set the stage for my message this morning. If you never had felt pain, then how would you know that I'm the healer? If you never went through difficulty, how would you know that I'm the deliverer? If you never had a trial, how could you call yourself an overcomer? If you never felt sadness, how would you know that I'm the comforter? If you never made a mistake, how would you know that I'm the forgiver? If you never were in trouble, how would you know that I came to your rescue? If you never were broken, how would you know that I can make you whole? If you never had a problem, how would you know that I can solve them? If you never had any suffering, then how would you know what I went through? If you never went through the fire, then how could you become pure? If I gave you all things, how would you appreciate them? If I never corrected you, how would you know that I love you? If you had all power, then how would you learn to depend on me? If your life was perfect, then what would you need me for? Consider that final and last line for a moment. If your life was perfect, then what would you need me for? This sermon today is about failure. So shocking a failure that we still talk about it 2,000 years plus after it happened. There are really two parts to Peter's story today. His threefold denial, we'll talk about that some, and his forgiveness and restoration that we read about just a moment ago. Now, the first part depended wholly on Peter. He was the one responsible for it. He was the one that committed the sin. But the second part is wholly dependent upon Jesus, upon the Lord. Forgiving, restoring. Now, Christ took charge of restoring him. And he does with us as well. Behind the story lies a wonderful, liberating, hope-filled truth. Now you say, how could a, a sermon about failure be hope-filled? Well, I hope you're able to find out as we go through this message. Failure is an event, not a destiny. Behind the story, we're going to see... Jesus at work. And this is good news because we all, sooner or later, are going to flub up. If we're honest with ourselves, we fail over and over again, don't we? As Peter's story proves abundantly to us, it's not our initial failure that ruins us. It's what happens next. It's what happens because of that failure. It's what happens when we fail and then maybe we don't see God rescuing us. Failure doesn't mean that we have blown everything. It means we have some hard lessons to learn. It doesn't mean that we are permanently losers. It means that we aren't as smart as we thought we were, right? It doesn't mean that you should give up. It means that you need the Lord to show you the next step, to come and rescue you, to come and help you. It doesn't mean that God has abandoned you either. It means that God has a plan. He has something better for you than your failure. 
Only those who have greatly failed will truly appreciate this message today. If you have only failed in small things, you're probably not going to be deeply moved by the things that we talk about. But if you've known the shame of large failure, like Peter experienced, then listen up. This story is for you. When we have failed, especially when we have failed those that we love the most, our minds become a swirl of emotions. Embarrassment, anger, fear, shame, maybe even despair. We feel dirty and unworthy because we acted foolishly. When we have hurt somebody deeply, we don't know whether they're going to still love us or if that we have blown everything. Will they ever forgive us? Can I ever forgive myself? Peter never forgot what happened that night as he denied Christ. As long as he lived, he remembered that incident, that terrible night. Tradition says that he would start weeping when he, whenever he heard a rooster crow. Tradition also says that he would wake up every night and pray during the hour when he denied the Lord. How does Jesus restore his fallen disciple in this particular story? The answer actually comes in three sta uh, stages, if you will. I'm going to read over these stages, and then we'll go back and talk about them in a lot more depth. But first of all, he sent for him. And then secondly, he met with him. And thirdly, he challenged him. Now, as we look at these three stages, let's look at he sent for him first. Did you know that he sent for Peter? When the women arrived at the tomb early on Resurrection Sunday, an angel announced the good news and instructed those ladies to go back and tell the disciples and Peter. Mark 16, verse 7. What does that mean, his disciples and Peter? Well, Peter had denied him, and that had separated him from the other disciples. No doubt, he wondered to himself many times, what am I now? Am I a traitor, or am I a disciple? Am, am I still counted as one of his? Peter may have failed many times as we approach that failure that we're remembering today. He failed in the upper room, remember? But Jesus sent for him. Just a few hours earlier, Peter had said, Lord, you will never wash my feet. And later he begged the Lord to wash him all over, remember? You see, Peter thought more of himself than what he should have. I think that's apparent as we go on in this story. Peter may have failed with Malchus in the garden. You remember that as the group came to arrest Jesus, Peter was ready to defend the Lord. Peter was ready to fight. Peter was ready to go to war. This is what he thought the Lord was going to do was set up his kingdom, right? And he needed soldiers. He needed people that would fight for him. And so Peter had brought a sword that night and he grabbed that sword and he cut off Malchus' ear. Now, let's think about Malchus just a moment. Who is he? Well, without getting far off base, 
Let's just say he's named in the scriptures. A lot of people are not named, are they? Look at all the contingency that came with the soldiers that night to arrest Jesus. And none of the rest of them are named, are they? Except Judas Iscariot, of course. But Malchus is. He may have become a believer. Can you imagine your ear being cut off? Can you imagine that that blood gushing out and you grabbing that ear and maybe almost passing out? And here, the pain goes away. And your ear is whole. And Jesus has healed you. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that would make a big impact on my life. And Malchus may have been saved after that. But we're talking about Peter and his rash decision that night to fight for his Lord. Jesus said to him, put your sword away. It must be this way. And then, of course, Peter in the courtyard. But remember, Jesus sent for him. Peter, are you one of those men who were with Jesus? Jesus I don't know him. Didn't I see you with his disciples? I don't know the man, Peter said. Aren't you a follower of Jesus of Nazareth? And Peter began to swear, as only a fisherman can swear. And he said, I tell you, I know not that man. In a distance, the rooster crows. Moments later, Jesus was brought out from his trial before the high priest Caiaphas in Luke 22, verse 61. And he looked at Peter. And realizing what he had done, Peter went outside and wept bitterly, the scriptures tell us. After all that, the risen Christ sent for him. He doesn't write Peter off as a permanent failure. He doesn't put him in the biggest loser category. Jesus still has plans for Peter. Plans to give him a hope and a future. Plans to give him a second chance. And the same is true for all of us, isn't it? And then the second thing... Jesus met with him. Where did Peter go after he denied Christ? The answer is we don't know. We're not certain because the Bible doesn't say. But we can surmise that Peter did what most of us would do when we've blown it. And when we've blown it big time, as we might say that he did. When we have made a huge mistake, the last thing we want is to be around other people, especially the ones who know us best and love us. Having let them down, we don't want to see them at all. Sin separates us from God and from God's people. Sin isolates us so that the devil can convince us that having made such a stupid mistake... No one wants to be around us again, ever. So we spend our hours in a miserable prison of self-imposed isolation, confined away. I think that's what happened with Peter that weekend. Wherever he was, he must have felt alone in the world. The last thing that we're told after Jesus looked at him, is that Peter went outside and wept bitterly. Outside. We're not told where outside. During that crucifixion on Friday, or during the burial later that afternoon, we can only guess that he retreated to some lonely spot there to replay those awful moments in his mind 
as he denied the Lord. He beat himself up, so to speak, over and over again and asked himself, why? Why did I do it? What made me think I could be better than the others? What could I have done differently? Now, As we think about this, we find the answer to that last question in the fact that Jesus made a special appearance to Peter sometime on Resurrection Sunday. We don't know where and we don't know when precisely, nor do we know how long the meeting lasted. But twice in the New Testament, it mentions that the meeting took place. In Luke 24, verse 34, it says, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon, meaning Peter. And then 1 Corinthians 15, verses 4 and 5, the Apostle Paul tells us, He was risen on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. Jesus met with Peter before he met with the rest of the disciples. Jesus not only sends for Peter, he goes to meet him. And before he meets with the others, he meets with Peter. What amazing grace. Since Peter denied Christ... Things must first be settled by, between him and Jesus. With wisdom and grace, Christ comes after Peter and doesn't wait for Peter to make the first move. In plays and novels, a lot of times there's an epilogue. A piece of writing that appears at the end of the literary work. They can take a variety of forms. But most epilogues either supplement the story through an overreaching summary or they reveal the fate of the characters in the drama. After the drama has reached an apparent conclusion, these words are added. Either way, the epilogue brings final closure to the literary work. Now, today's passage in John is an example of an epilogue. As seen in John 20, verses 19 through 31, he has already provided a certain closure to the gospel. And then it could have ended. We may wonder why the extra chapter. But like all good epilogues, John chapter 21 brings final closure by revealing the fate of certain characters, in this case, of course, Peter. Recall that although he wasn't involved in the resurrection event in John chapter 20, Peter's last spoken words were a denial of his Lord. We've talked about the weight, the guilt, the shame already that Peter must have felt. And then in John chapter 21, Jesus talks to Peter and assures him of his forgiveness. You remember that Peter had gone back to his old ways and he had taken some of the other disciples with him. They'd gone fishing. In fact, that's what he says, isn't it? I'm going fishing. Now, Jesus comes to the fishermen on the shore of the lake. Yes, Jesus is alive. But that didn't remove Peter's disloyalty that had happened a few days before. 
And perhaps this is why we find Peter now out fishing rather than out preaching, as he had been called to do. But I think the verse of Scripture is needed here that 1 John 1, 9 explains. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now Jesus doesn't leave Peter in the state that he's in. Appearing a third and final time to him, Jesus blessed the disciple. You see, there's a lot of threes involved here, isn't there? There's three times that Peter denied the Lord. There's three times the Lord appears to Peter. And there's three times that he affirms Peter. Peter declares his love for the Lord. Yes, I know as he goes through this speech and and Jesus is asking him questions. The first two times, remember that Jesus asked him, Peter, do you have agape love for me? And Peter answers, Lord, you know I have filial love for you. I have that friendship love for you. I think Peter was looking back at his life, and if this had been asked him prior to his denial, maybe during the Last Supper, Peter would have said, yes, I've got agape love for you. But as Peter comes to him that particular morning, after the great catch of fish, you remember, on the lake, Peter is reminded of who he really is, a sinner. And he tells the Lord, Lord, I have that filial love. And the Lord asked him a second time, remember? And Peter continued to say, Lord, I have filial love. And and then the Lord asked him a third time, Peter, do you have that filial love for me? Do you have that friendship love for me? And Peter was grieved that the Lord had come to that filial love. The third time. And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know I have filial love for you. Isn't it wonderful to know today that the Lord doesn't require that we have agape love, simply filial love. That we love the Lord the best of our ability. Now he doesn't excuse Peter's disloyalty. But neither does he refuse to forgive him. And I think Peter, as he goes through this narrative with the Lord, he realizes he's forgiven. He's realizing he's been restored. Do you ever feel like that your sin is beyond God's mercy? That there's no chance of forgiveness? I hope today's passage reminds you that there's forgiveness, that there's restoration, there's reconciliation as we embrace His forgiveness. If you know someone today that's struggling with this particular thing, share today's passage with them. Remind them of the restorative power that the Lord has. And then <clears throat> we find that the Lord challenged Peter. Let's look at the scene as we come to John chapter 21. I have already mentioned the great catch of fishes or fish. That's the time that Peter realizes this is the Lord. You remember he was on the boat. And we might wonder why the Lord waited. We know that he knew about them being out on the lake. Why didn't he come to them sooner? Well, maybe they needed to fail in order for them to be receptive of the Lord. If he had come earlier, say he came that evening as they went out on the lake and and he 
He said, cast your nets on the other side. They would have probably said, oh, we're experienced fishermen. We know better than that. We know where the fish are. We're, we're going to fish our way. We're not going to listen to you, a stranger. But after they had spent all night not catching anything, being a failure at being fishermen, the thing that they knew best, they were willing to accept the advice of someone that they didn't even know. They didn't know that this was the Lord. They simply saw a stranger out on the shore, and he said, cast your net on the other side. And they did. The Lord allows us to fail in our own strength so that we may learn that only by his power will we ever be successful. Only by his power. Microsoft founder Bill Gates said, Success is a lousy teacher. It makes smart people think they, can, they can't lose. Sometimes it takes shameful loss for an individual to realize how much they need the Lord. Sometimes we need to fail for us to learn to depend on Christ for his victories. When we read John chapter 21, our scripture text for today, we should connect that in our minds with Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, where Jesus tells Peter to go out in the deep and let down his net for a catch. Despite his doubts, Peter followed Christ's command and ends up with that great catch of fish, remember? Peter, will you obey me even when it makes no sense? You see, that's, that's the way it was right there. It didn't make any sense for them to cast their nets on the other side, but they obeyed. It's the same question that the Lord is asking us every day. Will we obey him even when we think we have a better way? Will we obey even when the way forward seems unclear? We don't know the path? Will we obey when our instincts tell us to do something different, to do it another way? Will we obey when we fail on our own? Now let us notice the restoration. After the breakfast, Peter and Jesus talk together. This is the part of the story that is most familiar to us, that I've mentioned already this morning. By one fire, Peter had said, I don't know him. By another thar, the one that Jesus had made there on the shore of Galilee, Lord, you know I love you. Remember those words? This charcoal thar was different than the charcoal thar in the garden. Now, several questions come to mind as we read this passage. Why did Jesus ask Peter three times? Do you love me? Maybe it's because Peter had denied the Lord three times. Why did he do it publicly? Well, it was because Peter denied him publicly. The other disciples needed to hear Peter's words. Needed to hear what the Lord had for Peter to hear. And without hearing those words the doubts would linger in the minds of the other disciples about Peter's loyalty, about Peter's love. The man who had been so boastful, so sure of himself, so confident, is now thoroughly humiliated. And Jesus' first question, Do you love me more than thee? Now, we don't know for sure what the these are that 
Jesus was asking about. Maybe it was the fishing. You see, they had gone back to the old ways of doing things and making a living. And maybe it was his fishing. Maybe he was referring to the other disciples. But do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? It's a reminder of the previous boast that he had made of, of being confident in himself. And if all fail you, I won't fail you, remember? And so, it's not him being the confident disciple anymore. But as painful as this was, it was absolutely necessary. Jesus is cleaning the wound that needs to be healed. Now you and I both know what cleaning a wound can entail and how painful sometimes it is. But necessary, right? Consider what Christ doesn't do. He doesn't try to make Peter feel guilty. Peter felt guilty enough on his own. He doesn't humiliate him publicly. He doesn't ask him, are you sorry for what you did? He saw Peter's heart. He knew that he was. And he doesn't make him promise to do better. He just asked him one question. Do you love me? How could you have done that? What were you thinking? Do you ever love me at all? Those were questions that could have been asked. And we hear those very often, don't we? Maybe as we have done something wrong and others are accusing us. Once we have hurt someone we love, it's hard to look them in the face and it's harder still to be questioned about our true commitment to them. Peter needed to see the enormity of his sin, yes. And he needed to hear Jesus ask these searching questions. Peter, do you love me? Only then could he grasp the magnitude of Christ's forgiveness. Only then could he be truly restored. Without the pain, he couldn't get better. Years ago, a friend shared this thought with me. The truth will set you free, but it will hurt you first. The truth will set you free but it will hurt you first. Often we don't get better because we don't want to face the hard truths about what we've said, what we've done. But until we face the truth about ourselves, we'll never be free. There are three qualifications for those who would serve the Lord. Three qualifications. Listen to me now. First is love. Second is love. And third is love. First we love and then we serve. First we love and then we speak. First we love and then we lead. That's the things that Peter was reminded of here in this particular episode. When Christ asked the question the third time, Peter's heart is grieved. Remember? Lord, you know all things. Peter is renouncing his self-confidence. Peter is renouncing his own strength, his own ability. He doesn't even trust his own heart. But instead, he trusts the Lord who knows all things. This is a mighty step forward. In Christian growth. It's the great evidence to come when an individual is convicted of sin, 
He knows his sin. He knows his loss. He knows his need for forgiveness. And he knows the Lord is the only one who can give it. As we conclude today, we see Peter's being restored. Early church history tells us that Peter was crucified upside down on a Roman cross. We don't know for sure that that's true. You see, Jesus had told him about his death. Now, we could talk about this in greater detail, but the thing that we need to see is Peter followed the Lord to the best of his ability from this day forward. Oh, he made mistakes. He failed. There were other sins that he did. We don't have a record of them in the scriptures, but we know as a human being he did. But as it came to his death, he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord was. And so he instructed them to turn the cross upside down. As we think about Peter, this particular story, we love Peter because we can see ourselves in this history. We can see ourselves in what Peter was going through. In fact, his story is our story. Here's the final irony. From beginning to end, Jesus believed in Peter more than Peter believed in himself. So it is for us. Remember the poem that we started with? If your life was perfect, what would you need me for? Well, our lives are not perfect, are they? Our lives are not complete. Our lives are not what they ought to be. Our lives are, are full of mistakes and full of things that we've done that are wrong doesn't mean that we're lost. If we trusted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, then just like Peter, we're a child of God. And hopefully we're a disciple of Him, just like Peter was. We're learning of Him. But we do make mistakes. But the story doesn't end with the mistake. The story ends with forgiveness. The story ends with Peter being restored. The story ends with Peter being one of the twelve apostles serving the Lord and preaching the word. Remember the message on the day of Pentecost. Peter was the individual delivering that message. I don't know what God has for me or for you in the future. But as we're restored, as we ask forgiveness as the Lord accepts us, then we're able to serve Him. And so we need to have His forgiveness when we fail. Our Father, as we come to the conclusion of this message, thank You that we have the privilege of knowing You in salvation and knowing You in forgiveness after ourselves. Your blessings on those that are listening today. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. This concludes the HBC Weekly Podcast. Please join us every Sunday for our HBC Cyber Service. Hillside Baptist Chapel has moved right next to Chopsticks in Alto Bocchetti. This new location seems perfect for our growing church. The hours will be as follows. Bible study, 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11 a.m. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, Services are suspended. Once the Panamanian government restrictions are lifted, please join us for our regular chapel, Bible study, and service at the above-mentioned times.
Hillside Baptist Chapel, tithes and offerings can be dropped off at the mailboxes, etc. mailing service in Bochetti, Cherokee, where there is a HBC tithing box placed on their front counter. Thank you and God bless.